Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I'm thankful to be home this, this morning, but uh, Evan and I had the, the great honor and privilege to go to South Carolina for the first time since the storm. And when I go there, I always have the intention of this, Yahweh, let, let me hear what I need to hear for me personally. But if there's something I need to bring home with me, let me bring it home and put that in my spirit. I want to make the distinction because I don't want to be guilty of what we all are guilty of is I hear a word for me and I want to judge everybody off of that word that was actually meant for me to walk in. Don't give a word until you've walked it out, right? Like walk it out and then, and then you can deliver it. But, but this story, when they started singing this song, it started going through my mind. Am I, am I hissing too much to where it's bothering people? Okay. But there's a story that, I, uh, that, that Damon talked about. Um, and it was, when he said it, I was like, oh, that's powerful. But I, it's one of those things I was meant to bring home for this moment and for this song. And, and, and it's, this story goes like this. As there is this wealthy philanthropist. Eva already knows what I'm saying. It's a really cool story. There's this wealthy philanthropist when the San Diego Zoo is bringing on a, a new male lion. They're, they're, uh, and he's, he's extremely excited about the, the, the fact that this lion's coming. He can't wait to see it. He really it, it inspires him to want to make a donation to the San Diego Zoo. And so he, so he actually flies to the San Diego Zoo to see this lion. And he is, he's excited. He's ready. He gets to the zoo and he says, hey, listen, you know, let's skip all these you know, formalities. Get me to the lion. I want to see the lion. And so he gets to the lion, and, and when he walks up to the, to the cage, he sees this lion, and this lion takes 12 steps to the left, he takes 12 steps to the right. 12 steps to the left, 12 steps to the right. 12 steps to the left, and 12 steps to the right. He just paces, paces. And when the philanthropist thought he was going to come and see this lion that was going to inspire him, and just he was excited and ready to make a donation, he found himself disgusted. He found himself disgusted with the fact that this lion is sitting here that's meant to be wild, is caged, right? And so he, so he says, you know, he gets all the board members together. He gets them in a room and he says, listen, you know, I came here to make a donation. That was my intention. I wanted to see the lion. I wanted to make a donation, but I, I can't. I think that what I want to do today is buy a lion. And so he'd, he, had, he had gone, he went to, to, to see the lion, and he left wanting to purchase the lion. So then the, the board, of course, says, the lion's not for sale. And he says what every wealthy person says, which is, everything is for sale. And so he leaves with the lion. And... Uh, and, he, and he, his, his, what he's going to do is he's going to take it out to the plains, Serengeti or something like that, and, and, he, and he wants to release it, and it's going to be this big thing. Now he's so excited that he's going to release this lion back out into the wild. He's going to bring that freedom back to the lion, this wild animal. And he's so excited about it. He meets the plane there. He opened, they get to the, to, the, to the place where they're going to let this lion out. Everybody's ready, and he's so excited. He's paid such a price for this lion paid such a price for this lion and he opens the cage and the lion steps out boldly and he takes 12 steps to the left and he takes 12 steps to the right 12 steps to the left and 12 steps to the right proving that you can be wild because you were created wild right the question is are you free the question is can are we are we why have we convinced ourselves of freedom because a price was already paid for us to be free Free from what? You know, I don't, I don't walk with the shackles on my feet like I used to. I don't do... No, I'm, I'm talking about not just your salvation. I'm talking about in freedom from this. Freedom from the captivity of what you tell yourself day in and day out. Believing a lie about yourself. When you were meant to run in the Serengeti, you sit there and pace like you're still in a cage. 
And so when we sing a song that says the, 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 the redeemed are the loudest or whatever those words are, but they say we should respond with a shout. We should respond as if we are free. And if we're not, if that doesn't come in us, we need to ask ourselves, have we become free? Because the price was already paid. And I believe that this family is going to run and is going to be wild and is going to be free at the same time. Amen? Amen? So shout this morning. Shout this morning. Yes! Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you. Thank you for redemption. And the beautiful thing about this, Ben, here's the beautiful thing about this. What was the most, what was, what would you say, and I don't always want to go back to this, I say this, but what would you say was the most prevalent thing in the storm? It wasn't flooding, was it? It was wind. Now, if I have a match and I light that match and I blow on that match, what happens to the match? Flame goes out. If I have a bigger fire and I put the same wind to that fire, what happens? It spreads. It increases. And in fact, what uh, Joanne had told me is that I, I don't remember if it David Barnes talked about how fires start to create, bigger fires start to create their own wind. And so, I, so what I hear this morning about the wind of this storm, about the wind that we've walked through, I think some of us got put out. I think some of us got put out, but what it should do is not create a test for you and say, let me judge this hard, let me get... No, what it should say is, man, let me increase my flame so that when the storm comes and it blows on me again, that I create a fire that cannot be quenched, that just starts to light others on fire. And this kingdom grows and the kingdom becomes glory to glory to glory to glory. You see this, this group right here, this group right here in my, in my, my job is not, is not to light you on fire. I've got my own fire and the wind is combusting me even more because throughout day to day in my morning and in my night I thank Yahweh I thank Yahweh that I was sitting down writing notes and hearing from him before I ever had a microphone I had I had a sermon written and I had no idea why I heard Yahweh speaking to me about the source versus the solution I heard him speaking to me about a family and about communion and common union and about there being a foundation that we can build and grow upon. But it did not come because I was preparing for a sermon. It came, it came because I was stoking a fire. It came because I came to the place that said, I'm sick of getting blown out every time I step up to the plate. I'm sick of believing it and feeling a little bit of a flame and then, all right, well, I'm gonna do something else. Must be. And see, here's the, here's the thing, is that if you are the one that got blown out, you're surrounded by those that aren't that way. You're surrounded. And so instead of getting offended by someone jumping up and screaming and you quite can't yet go, yes, thank you, Yahweh, for freedom. Instead, you say, let that wind blow on me. Let that wind blow on me. Continue, because what I'm going to do 24 hours a day is say, Yahweh, I know your goodness runs after me. I know that this thing is real, and I'm going to start to stoke that fire inside of me. And so next time when I come in here and I step into an environment like this, man, I'm not sitting there going, this does nothing. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Did you feel it Wednesday? Come on. Like I've walked into environments where I didn't feel it. Let me just, let me tell you, Friday night in South Carolina, Eva, did I feel it? Whew. Son, I did not feel it. But you know what I did feel? is the expectation that I had been building the entire week. And things did not go right stepping into that. And things, when I left there, did not go right. And I walked out of there th feeling like I had missed something. 
And I'm like, man, I know what I've been pressing into. I don't, why, you know, Yahweh, like I need, I, I came in here. I wanted to, come on, what was that? Why is, why is this not happening? All of a sudden, the flame that sat beside me on the road home starts to deliver a message about my worth and about who I am and lit me on fire again. And it didn't come from the source I thought it would, yet it came from the source it was supposed to come from. And so if you wait for me to come in here and get all riled up and say, okay, we'll let young blood come in here and jump up and down, get excited, and maybe I'll feel something, more than likely, he won't use me for you. <laughs> more than likely, if you don't stoke that before, I'm just going to blow you out and be like, yeah, well, that's because him. That's because of the place of life he's in. That's because he's not dealing with the same sickness I'm in. That's because he doesn't deal with the same issues that I'm dealing with. We're talking about his goodness running after us. Maybe you need a new definition of what goodness looks like. That same spirit that rose Christ Yeshua from the dead now quickens my mortal body. Are you, are you using that spirit to rebuild your house and to make you wealthy? Or are you going to use that spirit to speak over a little girl like Gracie and say, I see generations flowing from this girl and I declare over her health and perfect wholeness so that this thing can go from glory to glory and generation to generation. That's where, when that, oh my gosh, when that, when we step into that, which is available today, that's goodness. So when I think of now, what I used to think of, his goodness is running after, yeah, well, I really want to have a successful business. I really, you know, Yahweh, he ain't going to let me down. So Yahweh, like, just pad that bank account because, you know, I need the new house. You think Yeshua ever walked without with lack? But when do you hear him talking about, Yahweh, make me wealthy so I can inspire everybody? And we always use that excuse of, because I need a platform. I'm going to be a financier of the kingdom. Most people that were financiers of the kingdom never set out to be financiers of the kingdom. Stoke the flame and let everything else fall. When you talk about goodness, talk about children. When you talk about goodness, talk about from generation to generation. And you'll start to, to the spinning wheel of, of inconsistency that starts to happen when we start to put all of our, our, our measuring rod on success as we see it. And you start to put the measuring rod on generations and you start to see, like Regina saw this morning, man, look at this flame. Look at this people. Look at the next generation. Man, his goodness has run after us and hit us, slap in the face. And so I can rejoice today, even when things don't look exactly like I want them to just yet. Because I've never been more convinced today than today. That we are right where we're supposed to be. That we are right where we're supposed to be. So if a cycle this morning for you is this, start to recognize it. Just recognize it. Because what's going to happen is one day, and maybe a day like today, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, I'm wild and I am free and I'm running, I'm running. I'm running as if that's true. I'm not just saying I'm wild and free. I'm not just saying I'm captive, you know, now I'm free, the chains are broken. I'm not just singing a song. Most of us aren't singing, aren't getting into it because we're trying to read all these words on the page. My God, take one. Where, give me something. Take, take one. Now there's no sound louder than the captive set free. If you don't make it through the other one, just sit there and say thank you. And then all of a sudden, now there's no sound louder than, oh wait, I didn't sing that word because I was too busy shouting, making the sound. Come on, like I, man, I, we are. 
freed people free people. People that are free look free. And they set other people free. Come on. So I'm going to step down because I'll be up here all day. Listen, let's sing through this. And I, I'm not, I'm not, don't, don't take this as judgmental unless you need it to be judgmental. If you need it to be judgmental, just let that flame burn a little bit. Get mad at me and I'll take the hit for that's cool. Like, it's all good. Like, I, I did it last, well, two weeks ago. Trump was here. I didn't know he was going to be here. But I, but I made this whole political rant for whatever reason, like, freaked out. And I, look, I've got people within my family that believe in this thing so much. And I'm not, I'm not hating on Trump. Just like I said, I believe more in you driving in your car in the morning saying, Yahweh, let my foot touch the ground this morning and let it be redeemed. Yahweh, let abortion be illegal in this country. Yahweh, I have no agenda except for your glory. And I know your glory can't be in that. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what political party is there. The consistency of my heart and what I speak is not going to change. I just believe in the governors here of the kingdom. I believe of the presidents of the kingdom. And I believe in your ability to pray for those people and to put people in power. But l- come on, let's, let's, not, let's not sleep on the fact that, they, that I don't care who it is. There is always an agenda. And the kingdom people should have an agenda and it should look just like his. I do nothing I don't first see my father do. Stop worrying about what, what's going wrong and start to stoke the flame of what's going right. There's so much good, so much good. And I'm so thankful I don't have time to be bitter. I don't have time to worry about all that stuff. And you can call it ignorance, Mark. You're just turning, turning your eye. No, I'm not. I'm just not going to feed myself that junk. Because I want my flame to burn brighter today than it did yesterday. So don't use it as, as some, ju- I'm not, let, let Holy Spirit do that in you, okay? Let Holy Spirit do that in you and let it increase your flame. But know that if, if, if he has a shout in you and you're sitting here going, oh, that's not what I do. If you, if he, Ben, if it's easy for you, I'm using Ben as an example because a lot of y'all sit there and go, well, if I was Ben, I could do that. Ben has been challenged to start to see things and to speak things with clarity and, 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 and very uh, precise words. And he does it and he's doing it. And what Ben always says is he's like, I, you know what? I love who I am. I love who Yahweh made me to be. But I don't want to settle for that. And I don't just want to be put in the box of the guy that just flips around and goes crazy and does all those things. Man, I love that Ben does that because it stokes my flame. But stop believing the lie that you are who you think you are. Just don't believe that, man. Like, freedom, freedom, freedom from your own thoughts. Me too. And so let the response be however it is in you. If that's literally, I've said before, you can sit down when we go long and do all this kind of stuff. That wasn't meant to be like, so you can be comfortable. That was meant so like, hey, you can sit down if, that, if, if that's how Yahweh, if, it, it, I'm not going to judge that whole thing. Don't come in here and be like, well, he said, well, you sit. I'm just going to go ahead. <laughs> Challenge yourself. Don't settle for something less. Okay. Now. I, uh, I've been, I've been, uh, I've just been <laughs> full of glory lately. Like I, like just full of joy and happiness. And I, I've started to make the declaration. I feel like a few, um, the past few times I've spoken is like, I'm, I genuinely feel like I'm living the greatest moment. I, like I've never been happier. I've never been more full of joy. And like, again, 
if it's not your word today, let my flame stoke your flame. Because I've, I'm walking in this thing. And it has nothing to do with circumstance. I didn't finish my thought about Yeshua walking on the earth. Do, I, do you think he was provided for? Like, yes. But it wasn't his focus. And so, like, I just, I just have shifted my focus to start to think. And what changed is I started to get out of the rush. I started to get out of the, of the cycle of trying to make things happen and to see things how I want to see them and start to see things. How, I can't ever see things how he's going to see them if I'm too busy trying to make things happen. I'm constantly in this thing. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I keep going. I keep going. And the thing that brings me the most peace is sitting there going, I don't have to do a thing. Like, I really don't. I really don't. That's not, that's not, my, that's not my deal. Like my, my responsibility, there's things that we are faithful over. There's things that can be frustrating and that you have to deal with. But the truth is, is that I, you know, I thank Yahweh for this glory today, for this, for this literal building, just as much as I did when we were in the pole barn. And I'm going to tell you this, my focus was not going, okay, now, right now, the, the, what I'm doing throughout the week is working on the gym. I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing, I want, listen, I want, I want there to be comfort things. I, that was the other thing I wrote down about if there are young mothers in here and stuff. Listen, no one has an understanding of how you feel about having kids in here, about doing all that kind of stuff more than, than Eva and I do. Like, we get it, and I would love to have, you know, Frank and Leah, like my mom be able to sit here and, um, or not have to play, you know, iPads for them or do whatever and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm not in this thing like we're family, keep the kids in here, but I don't have the vision for that. I haven't been told to move past that. So let's just be comfortable in what we have right now. Like, let's not try to force it and try to make something happen. It's a little uncomfortable sometimes. And if you hear a kid screaming and you're getting distracted, look, just mothers be understanding if someone gets up and walks away, <laughs> goes, sits down over here. Like, it's okay. It really is. Because some people aren't distracted by that, and some people are. And I completely understand that whole thing. So, but just let's be good and understand that we are not in any rush to go anywhere. We're, we're not. That's been, I feel like that's been one of the biggest distractions in my walk and other people's walk is this idea that where are we going What's next? And, and what's funny is my mom, that's why I used to always say to my mom, thinking of Mother's, Mother's Day things, she always tells me, and Cheryl does too, is that like whenever I was a kid and I was in the car, it was, Mama, what are we going to do? Where are we going? Where are we going? Mama, 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 what are we going to do? Where are we going? Where are we going? Mama, Mama, what are we going to do? Where are we going? Like, shut your mouth. <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, that is something that has been quilled in me in this, in this walk because I can't be that way. It's impossible for me to actually ever get to the next thing by thinking about the next thing. Those things are, that we talk about the suddenly, suddenly comes from, I was suddenly called to this position, but I sat in tears in my car for months and months and months, feeling a presence of something, pressing into, pressing into to the spirit and pressing into Yahweh and, and walking in relationship with Yeshua and writing down things and seeing things that I had no, no basis for. There was no reason for me to do that. And, uh, and so I just want to reiterate um, that do I believe we will increase and do I believe that we're going to go somewhere new and that things are going to be different and look different than just what we have here? I don't even want to say yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do believe that. And I believe that I can see the vision of, of what this will be and what things in my own life will be. But what's great is I don't have the grace to handle those things right now. Just like I don't have the grace to go back and handle what we just all walked through. but it keeps me centered in now, today. And so that word about the pause, about, you know, we, we lifted us all up whenever that came, just, just pause in his presence, like, that's, uh, that's still today. And so um, we're not in any hurry, don't have an expectation of, of like, well, now yeah, tell people, I know we've said it's going to take a month to get that mold, I'm just happy it's getting mold remediated, so when we walk by, it doesn't smell bad, but... <laughs> I don't have this vision for, okay, then we're going to do all this and we're going to have all these things and we're going to, 
I don't want to get in the in the get myself in trouble by saying stuff like that because I've I made the statement to myself to the to the to the staff the team here that when this place is done it will be our pause it will be our time to stop and take back and just take a step back and just until there's a vision for the next thing we're not going to even think about the next thing so just want to make that clear and uh and it's great because Yahweh is starting to show me and and start to see this thing so generationally and I want to I kind of went back and forth on if I wanted to even share this because I completely understand how it could be taken, taken wrong maybe. Um, so I flip-flopped about this, but, I, but it's what Yahweh has done. It's what he has shown me. So I, I want you to understand that all this comes out of complete, I don't even need to say this to you, but I'm going to say it just to make sure if anybody hears this. This comes out of honor. It comes out of respect. It comes out of, uh, out of, uh, out of belief that Yahweh desires for me to speak this today. Um, but there was, there's this story, ev- everything since I've been back from, uh, this probably just this week, I don't even say it's because of coming back from South Carolina. It's, it literally, that was great going there and there was a lot of things that happened, but really just this week, weird things have happened. It always had to do with lights turning on and off or lights going out. And it's, it's been really weird. Like even the other day, Joanna, I didn't say this to you, but you remember like we came in and she came in that way. I came in that way. And there's lights that if you turn that on, it turns the kitchen on. And if you turn it off over here, you can turn it off over there. So I was like, turn it on. She like, turn it off. I was like, what? And so it just kept doing that. And, um, and then I finally got the light on and there's just like random things. Um, you know, Jerry and I were leaving and we just got these light fixtures outside and one of the lights were, was out. And when these things happen, like we always, I say this a lot, but we can always look at those things and just be like, that's happenstance, that's circumstance. But like, be sensitive enough, be weird enough, be peculiar enough, set apart enough to say like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus in on these things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, if Yahweh's trying to show me something, I mean, I'm going to take this to my secret place. I'm going to take this to my, to my truck or to wherever I want to go and, and just let Yahweh show me some things in this, you know? And so what I started, I started to see after I was like, Yahweh, you know, what, what's going on with this? Like, what is it, you know, related to, what does it, uh, what does it mean? What you got, bud? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> but uh, what it's, what it's actually, what it, I, I heard is there's been this, I believe maybe Miss Shirley told it and maybe Apostle had said it publicly but it was this, this, uh, one more thing. I want to honor Miss Shirley as the matriarch of this family. David came to me and, and said, that's important. I really believe that, you know, Miss Shirley, we honor you and thank you because, you know, though things shifted and changed, she's been here and she, because she sees the glory to glory thing. And, and there's never been a more, you've never played a more vital role in this house than today, even if, you, even if you don't see it, like the fact that your presence is here, it just makes us, it re- reaffirms that we're walking in the right thing and we're so thankful for you and thankful for what you and Apostle did, so. But so she shared uh, a story that has come up multiple times to me. Like she, she didn't share it with me, but she, but there was this, I've heard it from multiple different people. And uh, it's, it's the story of Apostle talking about her. She was like talking to Apostle and was like, you know, Nolan, you can't keep sending people out because what are you going to do when there's, when, when your time's up? Like, what are we going to do? And he just said, well, I guess I'll just turn the light off. And so many people have taken that lately and have said, and not in, a, and not in any kind of, listen, not in any kind of judging way. I just, it just wasn't, sit, I, I was like, there's something more there. But it was as if like apostles, what was done, light turned off. Now we're going to do something new. True to an extent. But that is not, an excuse to say that we are not a part of that same vein, okay? 
And so my question to us is when apostle turns off the light, is the room still illuminated? If apostle, I know this is a story, but here's my question. I feel that one. (laughs) It's not even about us going and flipping back on the light. But what Yahweh is moving us from, Scripture says, first the natural and then the spirit. First the natural and then the spirit. I, uh, I didn't even mark this down, but it just came to me when we were talking. My Bible hopefully will open to it because I just thought about this. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't there. Okay. It didn't open right to it, but it was close. You remember this a year ago, around this time. This was the scripture I probably read all the time. And it comes out of Isaiah 60, 19. It says, because my mom brought this to me a long time ago, before this whole thing, and she was like, man, what do you think about this? And it says, the sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light in your God, your glory. So my question again is, if Apostle Ball turns the light off, is the room still illuminated? Is this thing about generations? And I think that Apostle probably even saw this thing as like, you know, the generations come from sending, things, sending people out and doing that. And he did, no one questions, Apostle did what he was called to do. And anybody that says anything other than that, I, I if I hear, I'm not even going to go there, never mind. But, I, but, but like, he, he finished amazingly. He finished well. He did what he was called to do, and it just propels me and us into what we are. But if, if Apostle did just keep the light on and, and make, here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the, the plan, da, 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 da. that's what we are walking in today. But if Apostle turns off the light and says, I, want, I don't want the, the next generation to have to do anything except stand on my shoulders, not do things the way I used to do them or do things how it was. See, when we're in a house, we are on a foundation. But do you sit in your house thinking about the foundation every single day and how that foundation, what it does for your house? No. But if a storm comes, you're thankful for the foundation. And, this, and so, so right now, we, we are building, we're building a house, and, and there's a lot to it. It looks a lot different than just a foundation. It, it, but, but, but I believe that we are supposed to walk not in the natural light anymore, that this is moving into the spiritual, that we've, there's a transitioning happen, and I know we can use all kinds of things, the church age, the kingdom age, and all these. I believe in all of that stuff, and though I don't understand exactly how that goes, I'm just saying that what Yahweh has shown me is first the natural and then the spirit. And I believe that we're stepping out of what always made sense in the natural and stepping into something that was spirit. And here's the thing is I, I mentioned the deal about, about how I wrote notes. And I was thinking about this the past week. Is I, you know, I, it's so weird to me. Y'all talk about the heart of David and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's awesome. I mean, Yahweh said he's a man after my own heart, so I'll take that all day, every day. But I literally had, I literally had with my wife sitting in our living room an encounter with the spirit of David one night before any of this happened, before any of this stuff happened. And I, you know, I know people are like, oh, oh here we go. Spook City. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you like, I'm just telling you reality. I, I don't speak in the fake stuff and do all this kind of, I'm just saying was natural, going in the spirit. And so this is going to stretch people a little bit. But Eva can tell you that I physically could not keep myself steady. I was, I was crying and I was shaking and it was weird and it was strange. And it wasn't just me that could feel it. She could, and it was just, and I had no, no, no reason for that. No reason for why I, why I was sensing this. I had no, there, in fact, the only thing that happened that was going on is that I was not happy. <laughs> I was not, I was not all kingdom Let's go. I was frustrated. I didn't understand. (laughs) 
Eva told me this. There's another amazing analogy that was used this past weekend, and I just and I see it right here. Is Apostle Damon was talking about his his boys, and when he goes into the woods with his boys, he's a hunter. He is out there all the time. He always tells his boys. He says, "Listen, if you ever ever get lost, don't try to find your way out. Stay still, because you got a daddy that's going to come find you." I love you and I will absolutely find you. Don't try to, if you start trying to go and find your way out, I don't care if you think you know, don't try to get out. And so if there's ever a time, and I know, you know, I know I'm not going to say that anymore. I always try to justify, well, I know I'm speaking to immature people and I know that, not all that, I'm going to speak it because we, the, the problem with, with church and everything else is most of the time it's so fake. Like I'm up here, so I don't deal with things. You know, I don't, why did all of a sudden talk, start talking like that? I don't deal with things. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I, I don't deal with things. I don't, I, I, I walk in all this like, you know, perfection, 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 perfect. Man, he makes me perfect and that's complete. So I, so I do walk in the same things and I do walk in those frustrations and I deal with things that I don't wish I had to deal with, you know, just in a natural sense. And, but, but the spirit is, is starting to override some things in my own life. So anyways, the thought process there was, was when I was, I, was, I was lost and actually I was so frozen in fear at the time that I, st- I stood still. I didn't really know. He did come running after. His good- when I think of that song, I think about his goodness coming and running after me in such a way that I'm driving down the street and tears start tre- streaming down my face start streaming down my face and it's as if Yeshua himself is sitting in a chair right next to me and I can't I, I don't know I can't explain it I don't I don't know how to how to it's not gonna maybe it will maybe it won't happen the same way for but I, I'm telling you that there was a preparation happening in me because of him not because of me learning away for this moment right here and Yahweh always prepares you for something far before the storm ever comes and that's why you don't just look at things and say, oh, the light's just flickering again. Fifth one this week of something with light. You know, that, that, that's just coincidence. Man, we got to get these lights fixed. Probably has to do with the storm. It does. The storm that's to come, not now. It has to do with preparing you for something. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the storm that when it comes, elevates you. And we've talked about Noah. And I'm not going to just jump out of that and move on to something different because I, I feel like there's some more uh, stuff here. And uh, I just, I'm going to stop trying to explain it. Can we, can we read for a while today? Is that cool? Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Righteous, righteous, righteous. We know that we are righteous, not because of what we've done, but because he puts us in a robe of righteousness. Challenges some people, but if you actually get the revelation of that in yourself, you'll start walking in righteousness. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. The steps of you today are ordered. You are righteous. You are righteous. And I want to change our thought process of how we identify with unrighteousness because of circumstances or because of how we walk in things. You are righteous. So whenever I say things like the steps of a righteous man are ordered of Yahweh, see yourself. Don't immediately, what always gets, happens, gets hung up in there is like, of the right, okay, then righteous. I'll get there someday. Let me get righteous and then I'll be, st- and then, then how do I explain being completely lost and have no idea who I am or what I'm doing, and all of a sudden, he finds me because he saw me as righteous. I'm going to read. You shall take with you, seven, uh, take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Also, seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all of the earth. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy, destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. <laughs> Let's go, I, I just want to, again, 
and I don't believe, I, it's, at least for me, I can't read stories like this. I can't do things unless I transport myself in that moment and be there. It helps me think of it. It helps me identify with it. It helps me see it. But I think we read through things so quickly in scripture or we've just been given it. Like, cause I literally see Noah's Ark before this is like, you know, he built the Ark and then they were on it for a little time and it rained and then, you know, and then they got out and it started a new civilization. And that's how it all went. Like, I don't th- literally read the words of what happened and start to think he, He's been, he's been sitting there building this ship for 80 years, telling people something that's never happened before is about to happen. The firmament covered the earth. There was no, there was no rain. He, 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 he's, think, he's seeing something that's never taken place before. And I always think for myself how even whenever I see something happen, I a lot of times will question if that could happen again. I think about the time whenever my, I watched my son at two years old heal himself, and I question if healing is possible sometimes. I question my words. I, I'm, with my own eyes, watch my son at two years old heal himself, and I've told that story before. It, we're not walking in the fullness of it, but we're heading that way. So he's been building this ship for for. For 80 years, finally, Yahweh calls them on the ark. He gets on there, shuts the door, seven more days. Just think of that right there. Like, what kind of faith are you rooted in to now you're on the ship and it still doesn't start raining? How many times have you taken the step, done something in what you believe was obedience, and because it wasn't immediate, you start to question the step? <clears throat> so for, after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters were on the earth. They lived that long because of the firmament. 600 years old with the flood, when the flood waters were on the earth. So Noah with his sons, his wife and his son's wives went into the ark because of the waters of the flood, of clean animals, of animals that are unclean, of birds, and of everything that creeps on the earth. Two by two, they went into the ark to Noah, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th, the, uh, 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open. This is, a, this is a, you know, a lot of the reason I came into this and started to talk about this whole thing to us is comes out of revelation from what uh, Apostle Damon talked about and how we got into this building. What, I don't want to go share the whole story again. I will again sometime, but uh, I'll be happy to share it with you later. But it, it's so ridiculous that this is, that's why we call this place the ark. Um, but it was pre- preparation before the storm ever came. Um, but this, this, he draws this, this tie between the, the heavens and the earth. And I always saw it as just rain coming into the earth. For you podcasters, it just started raining. <laughs> Come on. Well, well, I don't want to say this part now. <laughs> But it says, uh, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up. So the earth, naturally, and then the windows of heaven were opened. So there's a heaven and earth connection there. But it's not heaven and then earth. It's earth and then heaven. There was a natural response that perpetuated and started a spiritual response. And the rain was on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, and Noah's wife and the three wives of the sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. There's a bunch of creeping things, creep, creep, creep. It says this a million times. Uh, and, 
And they went into the ark to, uh, the ark to Noah, two by two of all flesh, and, uh, in which is the breath of life. So those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Now the flood was on the earth for 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth. And the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth. And all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed 15 cubits upwards. And the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds and cattle and beasts and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, all that was on the dry land died. So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground. All living things that were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing and bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Man. 150 days. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark, and God made a wind passed over the earth, and the water subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. The natural first, then the spiritual. The fountains of the deep and the, then the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained and the waters receded continually from the earth at the end of 150 days the waters deceased or decreased that's five months about five months so we've already been building the, the ark for 80 days or for 80 years then we're waiting for seven days then we're thankful that finally this comes even though it's destructive at least, you know, your word's true. Or was he literally just sitting there going, it's, I've been telling you for 80 years, trust me, I can do another seven days. It's coming. So f- then five months on this, on this boat with a bunch of animals. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the seventh day of the month, and on the mountains of Ararat. Now, Going back to what we talked about the first time I talked about Noah, about the generational lineage, starting with Enoch and him being, him, him being uh, uh, fa- grand, gr- grandfather to Lamech, which is Noah's father. Remember this? And Enoch was the one that was also identified just as Noah was as a man who was righteous and walked with Yahweh, closely with Yahweh, right? So thinking of this, you had Noah was also born because Lamech saw something in Enoch, I believe, stepping from Methuselah to uh, Lamech, who was Noah's father, saw something. He was walking in a curse because these are descendants of Adam. These guys saw Adam, knew Adam. Noah was the first one born who was named Rest. His His name means Rest. He was the first one born who never knew Adam. Adam was gone before Noah came. Adam's, or, uh, Noah's father, Lamech, believed that instead of settling for the fact that we're just going to live in a curse and we're just going to, he believed, I, you know what, I'm going to give this one a chance because of just, just hearing the stories of, of, of Adam, of what it was like walking in the garden. And then Enoch, watching him literally be taken up by Yahweh, like they, what... I, I, I believe that there's something that can change this, this whole curse thing. And so he names his son Rest. And it says that he rests, that the, that the ark rests on mountains of Ararat. Again, nothing by happenstance. You know what Ararat means? The curse reversed. <laughs> so rest, rest on the curse reversed. Then the ark rested in the seventh month of the seventh day of the month on the mountains of Ararat, the curse reversed, and the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, 
The tops of the mountains were seen. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot and she returned to the ark and to him for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. The dove, which represents rest, rest on rest, and they're resting on the curse reverse. And he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, fresh, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. A freshly plucked olive leaf. So he destroyed all things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing and bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Every little thing, everything that was alive died. And trees are alive, and now we have a freshly plucked olive leaf. weird so he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove which did not return again to him anymore and it came to pass in the 601st year in the first month the first day of the month that the waters were dried up from the earth and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and indeed the surface of the ground was dry and in the second month on the 27th day of the month the earth was dried then God spoke to Noah saying get out of the ark Go out of the ark. I'm sorry, he's not that bad. Go out of the ark. Get out of the ark right now. Go out of the ark, you and your sons, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing, all flesh that, it is, that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may, be, may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply. What was Adam told? Be fruitful and multiply. The curse reversed. Be fruitful and multiply. And I feel like throughout my life and my knowledge of this thing, that really what I've been dealing with is Adam walking in a curse. (laughs) But how is that possible? If the curse was reversed via scripture and he gives somebody something again and says, be fruitful and multiply. I'm just keep reading real quick. So Noah went out and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every keeping thing. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered it burnt offerings uh, on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground. For man's sake. Wait, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. I will never again, no, not I won't ever send a flood. It does say that later on, but we missed this part. It says, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. I'll never again, like Eva and I were planning on, we, we, we were thinking about uh, when we moved into our house that we're in right now, we had, it was like kind of a short-term plan, and so there's a lot of things we didn't fix because we were always planning on moving. We always planned on something happening that moved us out of there. And I think that a lot of times we're, this is why I get so, such on those political rants and stuff, not because I'm against politics or the politician, whatever. It's because I believe that the curse is reversed and we are righteous and that we have the authority over this thing. We call the shots. And that's not just Christian fluff. That is reality. And so, so whenever I read stuff like this where it says, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, that makes me go, this earth ain't going nowhere. So why am I planning on it? 
I've been given the authority to speak into this earth, and I believe that we're going to start to walk in belief of what, is, of what we're capable of and who we actually are, that, that maybe, maybe yesterday you didn't see the miracle happen, but are you completely rooted in that, or are you completely rooted in the promise? I'll continue to speak words of life I'll con- until, until the glory of Yahweh covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. It will be so much a thing. The glory will be so obvious that it will be like the sea, (laughs) the waters covering the sea. The waters are the sea. The sea is wet. It'll be just like that. That the sea, if the sea is the sea being wet, is just like the the glory of Yahweh being on this earth. Like that's what we're bringing. And so I just believe that right now, if you have a mentality of like, man, I'm so worried about nuclear warfare or things going wrong or do it, stick your feet into this earth that is saying I'm groaning and travailing for the sons of Yahweh to be revealed and stop talking about the next person that will come and change things and you change things. Be fruitful and multiply does not just mean have babies. (laughs) Does not just mean that. We were called to be fruitful and multiply. Maybe you're called to be a flame that's out of control, that's creating your own wind and lighting others on fire and creating sons and daughters around you. Natural, <laughs> natural, now going into spiritual. First the natural, then the spiritual. I believe our natural response in this day and age of what we have done has called on a spiritual age come into this house, a spiritual authority that we have not walked in before. Again, you can call this Christian fluff or kingdom fluff or whatever else, and I don't believe that I hadn't seen it. I've watched things happen in my life, and, I, and I am so, those things are so authentic and so real that I will not settle for the things that just seem natural. And you can't, here's the deal, is you cannot logically prove why these things are about to happen. We, it's so tough for analytical people. My dad is very analytical, and he's had to break some things up in himself to be able to, to walk in these things. But if you stick in this, like, that doesn't make sense. That does, that does not make sense. That's not, that's not how things work. That's not how it goes. I've seen it happen. I can tell you two plus two equals four. Like I know, I know that this is how this thing plays out. Now I'm gonna sit here. If that's the case, if you're, then, then why come and believe in anything else? Why, why come and just say, are you, you wanna be convinced? I'll never convince you unless you convince yourself. I'll never do enough to sit here and say that this thing is going to be from glory to glory and I'm feeling the most joy I've ever felt in my life and it didn't always happen this way and it's not because I have certain things happening, it's because I literally have the promise of the joy of Yahweh. I, I literally have the promise of the peace of Holy Spirit that prevails in my life and out of that rest, by resting in that, I believe I'm being granted authority and I'm, my soul is starting to get excited about it. It's just the truth. My covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast on the earth of all that go out of the ark, everything Uh, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off from by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. See, he does say that. It's not that I was wrong. It's just that we settle because someone told us that instead of going back and reading for ourselves. But Yahweh said in his heart, it says, and Yahweh said in his heart to himself, he made a pact with himself. He made a pact with himself that I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. And then he tells us to be fruitful and multiply and walk in authority. And he starts to talk about, I didn't read through it, but he starts to talk about that every beast of the earth will fear you. (laughs) Yeah, that every beast of the earth will respond to you. We're to redeem the earth back to its original intent. We are to do that. And if Noah walks in this in an inferior covenant, then Yeshua comes, 
what is our excuse today? Like, what are, what, why do we struggle with the faith thing, man? Like, we have been given the same spirit, and I just start to see these lines start to connect and really start to believe some things that kind of scare me a little bit. And I'm okay not walking in every bit of it today because, again, the now, I'm seeing it, and I'm going to believe it for tomorrow, and tomorrow I'm going to walk in more and the next day, but not if I just keep coming in here, wait until his spirit comes in here, and I start to, man, it's in me every single day, every single moment. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it with, uh, to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living th- creature of all flesh that is on the earth. I wanted to go back to something. Uh, Thus I establish my covenant with you, never again shall all flesh be cut, blah, blah, blah. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations, generation to generation. I'm starting to see this thing generationally. It's not making me move so fast because I don't have to accomplish something, right? Like I don't have something I got to do here on earth. Man, he walks that one out for me. That's why I have Im- like painted up there on the wall, one thing have I desired to not, to not lose focus on what, what my, my responsibility is. One thing have I desired, make sure that every day I walk with a bigger flame that I ever walked in before. Because I, Christ in me is the hope of glory. If there's ever gonna be glory that covers the earth like the waters cover the sea, it's gonna come through me. And I'm starting to stop, push that authority off to somebody and off to another man or off to another woman and start to just believe within me, I am the answer. I am the answer for Bay County. You are the answer for Bay County. I am the answer for the United States. You are the answer for the United States and for the globe because it is yours. This is home. And he talks about in here, I'm, I'm going to try to skip through this, but it basically, he, he talks about how, how the rainbow is seen only in the storm, like in the cloud. He talks, talks about the cloud, but even today when you see a, a rainbow, it's because a, a storm came or there's, you know, the, the, it's, it's not usually good weather. And I just see this as, man, I'm meant for the storm, <laughs> I, that promise comes alive in me in the storm. It, that wind stokes me. And so I'm, I'm I, again, I say this all the time, I'm so thankful for where I am because it wasn't just, if, if I just stayed and we just kept walking, never something shook us up as it did in a physical, actual storm, I, this wouldn't look this way. And I'm thankful. That's why I'm not gonna move on to the next thing when I'm so incredibly satisfied and thankful and amazed by the one thing. I can't handle the next thing yet. Hmm. I don't I have some more things written here, but I don't I don't really feel this past that. So I'm not gonna go past that. I look, I'm I'm I hope I, I don't want to come up here and just be I like a cheerleader for Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to come up here and try to seem like I'm trying to, I, I guess I, this is for, more on me. Like, I know that's not who I am. And I, I just, I'm starting to come alive in a way that I've never come alive. And I just, and I know that this, it, it, it's not just for me. It's not just for me. It's not just for me. It's for us. And, and the thing that's going to change us or change this your, your realm of influence, our realm of influence, this earth, this planet is the idea and the knowledge of saying, I am righteous, that I carry the same spirit that Yeshua had. There is not a curse because it was reversed. And I'm going to start believing that though I stand in a wilderness, I'm actually standing in a garden. It's just waiting on me. It's just waiting on me. It's just waiting on me and waiting on you. Amen? Let's stand.
Yahweh, I'm going to go back to where I was two weeks ago, and I'm going to speak rest over this people. I feel the rest again. I feel the rest because the authority in the next, the spiritual thing, never comes without the first rest of the natural. Let a supernatural come into the natural rest and let us rest on the idea of who we are and who we are in you, Yahweh. Not because we walk. I, I want us to walk in this room one way and leave differently for sure. But then I want there to be a perpetual changing every single day. And next week when we come in here, we definitely don't walk in as we did the, work, the week before. Yahweh, let this flame light and just be big enough to be stoked by your wind and see the authority that we carry. Let us not settle for an inferior natural means of authority but let us see that you called us to this planet and to this earth and to this county and to this house and to this family and let our words be like your words. Let us see the goodness in what is all around us. Let us see the garden in the wilderness. Yahweh, we love you and we thank you for the call and we answer it. We respond. And, and I know that because we are shaking here, the heavens are responding. And it is opening up in our favor. The storm doesn't scare us because we're on an ark. And we will be part of the faithful few that start a new civilization here on this planet. Until your glory covers this earth. Like the, like the waters cover the sea. We speak this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Is there anything else? Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.